1: This is the Winning Plays Podcast now, on the
0: CLNSGNN. E- this is the, is the Sports
2: Hub Celtics Show with Chris Gasper and Jim Murray. Yeah. Brought to you by Nissan, Shaking Crab, Ask General Brigham, and Tullamore 2 on 98.5, The Sports Hub. Yeah. So now the Celtics just have to dribble out the clock in the backcourt. Don't even get it. need to get it over midcourt. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the ball game. Tough loss here. Your final score here at the Garden, Cleveland, 132 and the Celtics, 123 in overtime. I have to say apologies to John Wallach. I thought it was uh, Brandy on the call uh, yesterday, and I kept saying that during my headlines. But there's Wallach with the final call last night's overtime loss ugly one at home the cleveland cavaliers Celtics have now lost two straight chicago now the caps last night 132 123 in overtime jim murray chris gasper brian rob of mass live with us as well you want to join us talk c617-779-0985 because i do think there's a lot to talk about with this team and i think the headline uh, by your colleague of the boston globe this morning chris sums it all up from gary washburn it's official there's something wrong with the celtics defense yeah you think and it's not just that they're missing rob williams i mean that's a big part of it and I thought that that was evident in the, the first game of the series, the uh, of the season, rather, the win at home against the 76ers, where it's like, okay, well, you had to expect this. There's going to be issues in the paint, and, you know, uh, they don't really have much to stop Joel Embiid anyway, but uh, that's to be expected. Um, but that's okay. If Tatum and Brown are going to shoot the lights out the way that they did, everything will be fine. But when the perimeter defense also has looked kind of wretched the way it did, especially last night. Well, now maybe there's, this is indicative of maybe a bigger issue. The defense, what has been their calling card, this crew for the last few years it has gone
1: completely sideways, Chris. Oh, 100%. And, and even Eddie house was talking about this after the game last night, basically saying like, look, you know, you can't just wait for Robert Williams to ride to the rescue. You have to take some pride in your perimeter defense. You have to be able to get over the top of some of these picks and I don't know. I just, it seems to me that Karis LeVert and Donovan Mitchell, who both, you know, lit it up and scored 40 plus points last night. I think that really the league should look into it because both of them dropping 41, I think was very res- disrespectful to the de- defending DPOY. Just. Just to let you know. Yeah, Marcus. Completely
2: disrespect Marcus Smart. Um, What was he last night? Was he a minus? He was a minus 26. Minus 26. uh, Which was the worst of anyone who stepped on the floor. And credit to the Cavs, too, because they they forced him to shoot. Like, they made defensive adjustments in that second half. They smothered Tatum. And, you know, they made Brown the primary scorer. And he had a good night. But they also lured Smart into shooting more. Yeah. and
1: And it was one of those nights. for Like, every once in a while, he has one of these nights where it's really bad. You know, he's made himself into, I think enough of a shooter to be a threat, right? But he had one of those nights where it's really bad, and and, and this is my issue um, that I want to at least get into, which is on those nights, don't take 15 shots and nine threes when you know it's not your night. And also, on those nights, why is he out there for 37.50 when you have Derek White and, and Malcolm Brogdon as options? It's amazing to me that it seems like he just sort of gets granted minutes no matter what, yet the team feels the need to invest the amount of resources they have in his position.
2: Yeah. So this maybe speaks to at least this is what I think maybe a coaching. Like, do we put some of this on Joe Missoula, how he's going to use Marcus smart, the lack of adjustments that they didn't really pressure or make the night tougher for Lavert and Donovan Mitchell last night? Do you look at the coach at all?
1: Yeah, if you want to go there, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, last night was was one of those things where you look at Joe Mizzou. I thought last night was a fail for Joe Mizzou. It doesn't mean he's going to fail in the long term, but it raises some questions for me in terms of whether he has the temerity and he has the gumption to be able to make the really tough decisions if if he feels like that's going to rock the boat. You know, last night was a night where... Marcus Smart needed to have his minutes cut because he wasn't effective on either side of the ball. At least, you know, shooting offensively. I know he had the seven assists, but he wasn't effective on either side of the ball, really, the way he needed to be. And you had other options, and that's the way the team is built to have other options. And we know from Ime Udoka that in the NBA Finals, you know, he wouldn't hesitate to put Smart on the bench for a stretch in the game, a key stretch. If somebody else had it going, Missoula didn't do that. He, he seemed completely unwilling to do that late in the game and in overtime. And and I didn't really understand that. And then I also would say, when you look at that last sequence, when the Celtics could have won the game and they get that Jason Tatum shot at the end that doesn't hit anything, just hits glass. I thought it was a mistake not to call a timeout. I know he's saying that, hey, we didn't want to let the Cavs set up their defense, but you had just made a defense offense substitution there where you had taken Brogdon off to put Cornette in with Jared Allen at the line because you wanted to make sure you got the rebound. All right, now you get the rebound. Call timeout, make the offense defense substitution, put Brogdon back in, and then set up your play. You'll have more time to get in your offense. You'll be able to better space the floor. They weren't even covering Cornette.
2: Brian Robb, who covers the Celtics for Mass Live, you were in the building last night, and their identity has gone from, you know, tenacious D. Uh, that's been their calling card here for recent years. And now, and I thought they could maybe live this way early on. It's like, okay, well, their identity is they'll win when they score and they have enough firepower. they will all score you. But, uh, that is uh, not the case these last couple of games. So is this fixable? Um, and is it just a Rob Williams issue?
3: I think it's more than a Rob Williams issue at this point. As you guys mentioned. And I do know coming into training camp this year, guys, Joe Mazzola, the priority was on offense and Missoula has, done well on that front. They're third in the NBA in offense right now and, and had scored 75 points in that first half against a really good defensive Cleveland team there. But there's clearly some let up on the defensive end of the floor. I think a lot of it is honestly effort-based right now. I yeah. think there's a team now that's been to the finals, knows they can get there and maybe don't want to do the, the grit and grind of 82 games of work that they bought into last year. And so can they get away with that enough with their offense to outweigh it? I, you did early on, but now against some better teams, it's uh, it's touch and go there. I feel like.
1: So, beer up just on that. You know, so you're saying it's sort of an effort thing. So, do you think maybe it's like
3: they're pacing themselves? Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, like running through screens for 82 games a year is is hard work for especially guys like Smart and Jalen Brown on the perimeter when they're they're playing small and they have to they're being asked to rebound and stuff like that too. So, Missoula's got to make a decision here. I think he really has to get these guys to start buying into this before too late or I think he has to go bigger in the starting five so the rebounding stuff gets taken care of and then those guys have more energy to focus on the defensive end but for as good as the offense has looked here I think the uh the defensive drawback has been just as glaring right now
1: but, but what is I mean this is for both you guys too I understand that and I understand pacing yourself particularly if you're Brown and Tatum because you have to carry such a heavy offensive workload, but, but what is smart's excuse? I mean, you're a defensive player of the year. You go around beating your chest about that. That's what you're supposed to bring to the team. So why is he pacing himself?
3: I'll throw it to you, friend Jim, this. I, I don't know. Like, cause I mean, he, his onus now is even less in the offense. Like he doesn't have to be taking as many shots. Now they don't need him to be the third scorer. So you'd think he should be excelling more than ever defensively,
2: right? You would think, yeah, it would be more hashtag winning plays. And it just, you know, look, defense in that league can, requires concentration, hustle, work, all of that. And it's just gone by the wayside, especially with him. I don't get it. You know, maybe he's not happy with his role. I don't know. I'm just speculating.
1: But yeah, I mean, I don't he think he a... looks unhappy with his role. Uh, I mean, I just don't – I don't understand it. I mean, is it possible – we all know he's a great defensive player. There's no question about that. Uh, but I have maintained over the last couple of years that the most important defensive player on the team – Is Robert Williams. And and I know last year Smart won defensive player of the year, rightfully so, but have we maybe sort of overestimated his overall impact on their team defense? Yes, you know the answer to that. (laughs) 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 Look,
2: it just I this was this has gone increasingly worrying with this team. You know, early on again, I was like, "Ah, ah, high flying Celtics, they'll be able to withstand this, they'll just keep out scoring everybody. But you know, I happened to watch some of that game in Orlando last week, and I know it was the second night of a back-to-back, but it's like the defense started to slip a bit there. But, okay, second night of a back-to-back, and then it fell off a cliff in this game Monday night against Chicago, and especially last night. When you allow two guys to score 41 points each, hey, you got a real problem
3: there. And they both shot, like, over 50% from the field. Yeah. So that was an efficient 40-plus points for both of those guys. Nothing fluky about it. Nothing fluky about it, and that's... That's a huge concern because those are guys you're going to have to deal with. And they didn't even have their best score last night, arguably. Darius Garland was out for that game. So Cleveland suddenly looks like a team that could be a factor in the East here. Again,
2: headline, Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe after last night's game. It's official. There's something wrong with the Celtics defense. That coming off the overtime loss to the Cavs last night. Do you agree or disagree? 617 seven 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 985 Let's hear from you on the first Sports Up Celtics show of the season. Next. Stay tuned for more of the Sports Hub Celtics Show.
3: Let's hear from our sponsor, Bet Online. Football season is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this year. Find your latest odds, football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online as it's your continued source for all sports wagering info, including live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Also the fast and easy way to bet on your all your favorite sports and events obviously the nba season being back and will be playoffs mma tennis boxing and even golf so head on over to line to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure you use the promo code bonus50 to receive your rewards line where the game start
0: yeah i think in the second half we just lost our pace we lost our speed we lost our ability to create separation
3: i thought you know, we were still in good position to win the game. We just didn't make the winning plays down the stretch. So I don't know if there's as much of an issue as there is. We have to make winning plays. You know, we can't take anything for granted. And so uh, we had some empty possessions. We had turnovers, and we had, you know, offensive rebounds given up. And so when you do those things, it puts you in a tough spot to win.
2: Celtics coach Joe Missoula, after last night's 132-123 overtime loss to the Cavaliers. Celtics fall to 3-2 and two on the year, and I think it's worth asking. I mean, do they maybe miss... Imeadoka's defensive approach. When you see that last night, when they're giving up 18 points in five minutes of overtime and 41 points each to Donovan Mitchell and Karis Levert.
1: Like, I think he's partially responsible here. Well, just look at this. I mean, look at their last three games, right? It will work backwards from Cleveland. And I know the game went to overtime, but you give up 132 points, 120 points. Even when you beat Orlando, you gave up 120 points. That is not sustainable. That can't stand. That's not the Celtics. You know, what got them to the finals, what turned things around to a degree was their defense. They could always sort of hang their hat on that defense, right? And you have to be able to do that again. And I know it's hard. It was a tough matchup for them last night, given the size that Cleveland has with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. And the basketball geek in me uh, was like, wow. When Evan Mobley got switched on Tatum, like an overtime, like 20 feet from the basket and stayed in front of him, I'm like, holy moly, like is this guy an exciting player? He's going to be so good. Oh, that, I mean, that is just a great piece to have in today's NBA. Somebody that size that he was, that he was able to stay in front of Tatum. I was blown away. So it's a tough matchup for them. They had to play Cornette. You know, I get that, but it's a disturbing trend in terms of what's happening defensively. And again, I just sort of, to tie it back to the coach, I question whether Missoula at this point in his career at 34 years old as an interim coach has the mindset the temerity to be able to say to guys hey look this isn't good enough get your butt in gear or you're going to lose playing like I'm going to put somebody in who's going to play defense
3: yeah and on top of that Chris and you guys brought up a couple of the decision-making issues I we saw with Missoula down the stretch there in terms of not taking the time out there and and rolling with smart but one other thing I thought hurt him in the last couple minutes was he went with Malcolm Brogdon over Derek White there and then Malcolm Brogdon did not box out on a key play where Karis LeVert got a three that kind of sent the game into overtime in the last minute of the game there. So Derek White is maybe arguably your best backcourt defender right now next to Smart. You're getting burned by Mitchell and LeVert in that game, and then he's not in the game when it matters down the stretch. So right now we're trying to figure out what type of coach Missoula is, and that was something that was like, and again, it's just one game, Yeah, but you you look at the big picture here and you think, okay, hopefully he, you know, does a little bit more improving there on the job there in terms of these situations.
2: Brian, do you second-guess the usage of Luke Cornet, the murder Cornet last night, 26 <laughs> minutes, but Noah Vonley and Blake Griffin combined played 19.
3: I enjoyed his contest in the paint when the guys were shooting threes. So oh, you guys yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs> and, and, you know, Scal, well, uh, all due respect. Like, he's like, look at that. You don't know, no, this is, you, the hands are up, you know, so the guy, the guy shooting the three can't see. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, he's broke the mold here. He's figured something out after all these years of, Professional basketball, <laughs> the murder cornet, not actually going to the line and trying to contest a three-pointer. No, being in the paint and putting his big gangly arms up. This is the way. Please. Like, what what, what the hell are we doing with this? That last night, I was like, <laughs> this is a joke. Let's not try to make this something.
3: Yeah. So, but his usage last night. But his usage, night, you- I think it made sense. Just the fact you were getting killed early in that game by the Mobley out front line. And, and rough timing for Grant Williams. You're getting suspended for a game. Getting suspended for a game against Cleveland was as bad as it gets in terms of a team with two legitimate big men that can hurt you. So I don't mind that at all, given how it looked, but f- the fact that they went with him for overtime and still, they give up 18 points there. You're supposed to be defense first. If you're going too bigs. So that clearly didn't work on that front. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, that one's, it's a little harder for me to blame Missoula, given the fact, as you mentioned, Grant Williams was out and this is what the team has decided to do guys. They've decided that they're going to roll with Luke Cornette, Noah Vonleh and Blake Griffin and see if somebody here can stick. And I think the idea is let's see if any of these guys can stick. We'll get Robert Williams back. And if we have to add a piece, we'll add a piece. But if we don't have to add a piece, because one of these guys turns out to be a viable piece of the team, then great. That's a bonus. So they're still kind of in that feeling out phase, I think with the front court. So it's a little harder for me to put that on the coach, but my, my big picture thing, like I said, and not to be repetitive on it is just does, does he have the balls to piss these guys off. To, to to basically say, you're not entitled to playing in the end of the game. You're not entitled to finishing the game, Marcus. Like, if you don't have it on this night, I got to go to somebody else. We're getting torched here. Karis LeVert and Donovan Mitchell are torching us. And you're bricking jumper after jumper. I got to try something else to help us win. Or is it, you know, I know he laughed about it. But he's like, oh, Marcus told me his role. Ha, ha, ha. We all laugh. But I think it's a little closer to the truth than he'd like to admit. Yeah.
2: No, well, that's that substitute teacher syndrome, and if that's how it is, like there, that could be a problem going forward. Lacar in Boston, first up here, Sports Hub Celtics show of the year. Hello, Lacar. Hey,
1: uh, hi, hey, how you doing? Uh, I got a question for uh, for Casper. Casper, yeah. how's everything going? Good man. How uh, are you? Number one, I'm doing fine. Number one. Is um even the season still early? You got seventy-seven games left, but I would say the next ten games. Why don't y'all start um, Blake Griffin and see what he can do at the start in um, center? Maybe he can um like block shots or intimidate people until um while we get back. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, I think they definitely have to give Blake Griffin some minutes to figure out what he's doing there. You know, I don't think you're gonna change. Your starting lineup. Uh, I know Al Horford doesn't like to play the five, but right now that's their best lineup, I think with Al Horford at the five. So I wouldn't replace Al Horford, you know, at the five at this point or knock him down to the four and bump somebody out of the lineup. But I do think, you know, I want to see more of Blake Griffin and sort of what he can provide. He's not the same athlete he used to be. I I don't know if he can protect the rim, but given what their options are, I mean, it can't hurt. Let's go to Dean and Shrewsbury on Jason Tatum. Hello, Dean. Hey,
0: um, Tatum needs to decobify his clutch game. Uh, he made the adjustments away from the mid range and away from these fallaways during the regular flow of the game. I st- I don't understand why he's going back to the Kobe moves in the lap- final seconds of close games.
2: He shoots
0: thirty. 30- 384 from 10 to 16 feet and 399 from 16 to 3 for his career. So, those aren't good shots for him.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. I thought that was a tough shot. I know Missoula said, Hey, I'll live with the look. And it's certainly a shot Tatum is capable of making. You know, I thought Cleveland did a pretty good job of denying Tatum looks. There were a lot of double teams, or at least they crashed in on him in the second half. They totally they really did. did. I mean, the fourth quarter, he only attempted three shots and he didn't score any
3: points. And that's a spot there where if you're Missoula, you see that Tatum has been struggling during that second half. Let's drop a play here. Let's like throw them yep. off the scent. Cause you know what Tatum's going to do in that spot. He wants to get to his area, but the fact is he had two guys running at him and that was the most predictable thing ever given the way that they were defending all that half.
1: And also if you know that they're defending Tatum that way where they're doubling him or at least hedging on doubles and stuff, don't you want to have the best possible floor spacing out there for him, which would mean 100%. you call a timeout, you, Take Luke Cornette off the floor, and you put Malcolm Brogdon back on the floor. Uh, all right, well,
2: if you'd like to just talk about the team, their defensive woes, and do you agree with what uh, was uh, the headline in the Boston Globe today by Chris Gasper's colleague about the Celtics after last night's overtime loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Gary Washburn writes, It's official. There's something wrong with the Celtics' defense. Um, we have more enough of a sample size. Look at these last three games and these last two losses as well. So you want to weigh in on that 617-779-0985. Your call's next. No! The Sports Hub Celtics Show Bang. on the Sports Hub. Now it's time to talk Celtics. Wow. With Chris Gasper and Big Jim Murray on Boston's Home for Sports. 98.5, the Sports Hub. Uh, it's tough. Um, it, it's tough when, when you have multiple players like that put that, that many points on your defense. But, you know, for us is, you know, understanding that This is a new year, and and we have to be able to to prove that again on that side.
1: And, and, um, you know, I'm more interested to see how the film looks and go
3: from there.
2: Al Horford saying it's a new year, and we have to focus more on the defense. Yeah, you think? After you allow 41 points each? And nothing fluky about him to Karis Lavert and Donovan Mitchell last night, the overtime loss to the Cavs. Quickly on that to the both of you. It's a first sports up Celtics show of the year. Jim Murray, Chris Gasper, Brian Robb producing, but covering the Celtics for Mass Live. Um, you look at the Cavs now and say, huh, that might be an issue. Just maybe even in terms of seeding in the East. Like that team seems like they could be a factor in the conference.
3: 100%, because right now you have. I don't know if Mitchell's a proven number one scorer, but certainly he's a very strong number two. And so if he and Garley can go back and forth there, and you combine that with two really tough front court guys and Mobley and Jared Allen, Kevin Love coming off your bench, like that's a team that has a lot of pieces there now and still has enough left over to make one more big splash at the trade deadline. And lo and behold, they could be a, a top three, top four team in the East kind of coming out of nowhere like you did a couple years ago. So I... I think after what we saw last night, like, I, I, th- I think they're for real right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, that Donovan Mitchell trade, I think, was such an underrated deal in terms of just how it would affect the landscape of the NBA. And I think people tend to forget how good Donovan Mitchell is. And, and then Darius Garland had a breakout year last year. And I look at a guy like uh, Isaac Okaru, who basically barely played in that game, like was sort of a non-factor. I mean, there are teams in the league that like that guy. And, and like that player. So to B-Rob's point, and he's still young, he's a wing. You know, I'm not saying he's ever going to be a star, but he could be a, like a 3-and-D guy. So they do still have some pieces that they could offer to other teams that would be potentially interesting uh, that could help them. So it's, it's interesting. And don't they have Ricky Rubio, too?
3: Yeah, he's coming back from a torn ACL, too.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, so Ricky Rubio is a guy that would give them a little more depth. And Karis Levert's not going to score 40 points every night, but he's a nice guy to have come off your bench. Yeah, it's just a team
2: I look at. If you're not going to have Rob Williams and you're going to have issues – in the paint, I wouldn't want to see them in a seven game series. Like that team could be a problem for you, and at the very least, they could throw a wrench into seeding this year. Like that's a team that looks like they're going to be. I don't think they're a championship caliber team, but they're going to be in the mix.
3: At the least, too, they're going to be around over the long term. Like those guys yeah. are not going anywhere. Mitchell's locked up long term. Garland signed extension. Mobley and Allen are just getting better. So even if you don't have to deal from this year, that's a, a foe to face for a long time in the East. I feel like, and you are going to see them Wednesday night too. Again, you, they they play them. In, in what five days from now?
1: Yeah, that's going to be interesting because I feel like that could be a, a payback game for the Celtics. I think that's one of those games where, where they'll bring their A game, and that's going to be really interesting to see sort of their A game. I don't know how long, how much longer is Garland out with this eye injury? Is he would,
3: he's close, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back for that oh, one.
1: Oh man, so yeah, circle that one on the calendar just in terms of the Celtics definitely are going to want to get some payback and. I think they'll have a full complement of players in Cleveland having a full complement of players.
2: Matt in California on the Celtics defense, or lack thereof. You're next here on the Sports of Celtics show.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Great show, uh, as you. always. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when KG had you, the Celtics, out and have the Cavaliers in in his top four teams? No, oh, I, I, didn't. no
1: I didn't see that. Is that that's true? Who were his top four teams?
0: Uh, I'll have to take a look at it again. It was, it was on Twitter. I'll, I'll find it. And I'll tag Jim on it. Was this was this uh, but, KD's
1: actual Twitter account or one of his burners?
0: KG <laughs> Kevin Garnett.
1: Oh, KG. Oh, I thought you said KD. Yeah. Okay, KG. No, Kevin Garnett. KG. G- so KG. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that that was interesting. Uh, but when it comes to the Celtics, look, I'm not that worried they started 15-15 and 15 last year, and I saw a stat on Twitter as well that they through their first five games last year, they gave up 595 points. This year, they've given up 593. So, look, again, I'm not too, too worried. I think they have a lot of new people. They're just trying to settle into their roles and kind of figure that out. And a lot of these like, good teams really, I don't think, turn it on until Christmas time or so. But one last thing for a question for Gasper. Uh, don't they have the same staff as last year, obviously, minus E-May? Uh, do, is this something that we should be worried about with the defense, or is this something we should keep an eye on? Thanks yeah, and that. I'm going to bring really
1: B-Rob – thank you. Good, good call. I'm going to bring B-Rob in on that. You know, obviously, uh, Hardy's gone, right, because he's yes. he's with the Jazz. So – and E-May. And I know the caller said, other than E-May, it's the same – but other than that, it's the same staff, Right.
3: Pretty much, like, Will Hardy took a guy or two, like, lower-level assistants okay. with him to Utah. But, yeah, by and large, everyone's back. So, my
1: follow-up question for you off of that is, you mentioned Missoula. The focus was the offense, and he's sort of a Brad Stevens disciple. Have they changed the defensive scheme at all, or is it still basically the same scheme? And I thought Missoula was somewhat responsible for the defensive scheme last year, or was that just the scouting portion of it? Yeah,
3: he he was definitely responsible for some scout stuff, um, I think, Everyone was kind of – it was e scheme, if you will. But it's a situation now where they, they have made some tweaks to it in terms of their pick-and-roll coverage. They're switching a lot, one through four, but they're trying not to switch at center uh, as much. And then that's, you know, guards like Mitchell were t- taking full advantage of that last night when the bigs are back in a drop. He just comes around the screen. If you don't get around that screen, you're going to get a wide open look, and that's why him and Levert went off for 40 there. So it's tough. You're going to have to kind of pick and choose your battles with uh, – the lack of personnel you have right now and not wanting to wear down Al Horford, too, but it's clear that the uh, perimeter guys are going to have to be a lot better if they're going to stick with this.
2: Van and Weymouth on uh, Malcolm Brogdon next year, Sports Up Celtic Show. Hey, Van.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. I just had a quick thought about Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I, I get that to a degree you have to stroke Marcus Smart's ego, and I understand that Brogdon was sort of brought in as like the sixth man. But I just feel like down the stretch, uh, especially, he should, he should be getting, you know, he should be getting crunch time minutes. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thanks. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I'm just trying to look it up now because I, I don't want to give sort of erroneous, uh, you know, information in terms of what he played. I mean, he played 11 minutes in the second half. What did he what did he play in the fourth quarter? That's what I'm trying to find right now.
3: I mean, he was brought in with three minutes left in the game, Brogdon. Um, And I think, but then he was pulled for a lot of overtime when they went big with Cornette. He played so.
1: he played five forty one in the fourth quarter. So I, I would like to see him play more than that. I would like to see him play more than that in the fourth quarter. uh, Derek White was out there for seven thirty four. Market Smart's out there for nine minutes. I, I think this was a game where you could have tried to close with White and Brogdon on the floor and Smart off. And you know what's so funny with Smart, and I know people are gonna say, "Oh, here it goes, Gasper again." But I had to laugh last night. I don't know if, if I know you couldn't hear it, B Rob, because you were there. But I don't know if you were watching it, Jim. And it was just a slip up; it wasn't intentional. But Jalen Brown, uh, I believe, in overtime, made a great steal, and he got the dunk, and he dunked on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And it was with Marcus Smart. And Mike Gorman actually said Marcus Smart with the steal. It's like this is how ingrained <laughs> yeah. this is how ingrained it is in Celtic culture. And I know it was just you know a slip. It was up kind up of like a still. forty and slip by yeah. by Mike, who's the best. But it was like the guy gets credit for steals he doesn't even make. You know, that's how ingrained it is in Celtics culture.
2: But to the caller's point, you're talking about the usage of Brogdon late and uh, Mr. DPOY going 3 of 15, 2 of 9 from 3, minus 26 in the night, Which I'm okay
1: with if he's locking down one of the other guys. Like, I'm okay with that if he's doing his thing defensively, but he wasn't.
3: You guys want to hear a sad number here, too? Like, so Smart went 2 of 9 from 3 last night. That's his, like, season average is 22% from 3 right now.
1: I just wonder,
2: though, like, does he have a little bit more free reign? I Imadok, I think one of the things that he was he did very well last year was like you know having them play as a cohesive unit, keeping Marcus Smart in check. Now that the substitute teacher there, no disrespect to Joe Mazillo, but in a lot of ways that's what it feels like because this whole thing that happened with Doka, I don't know, does he feel like I'm going to do what the hell ever I want? Maybe. Or does he feel like he does? He has to use him because he might pop off and throw chairs or whatever.
1: I, I think there's a question of does Joe is Joe Mazzulla willing to tell guys things that they don't want to hear, which is always the test for any NBA coach. And is he is he willing to do that? Is he willing to confront guys? Is he willing to tick guys off? And I think is he willing to rock the boat? And I think with Smart, he's testing his limits a little bit because it's a new coach. But I think it's really more sort of the stuff that Marcus has been very honest about, which is, Hey, you know, I'm the only point guard to take this team to the NBA finals. I think he's kind of feeling himself coming off winning defensive player of the year and being the point guard who took them to the finals. I I think he sort of, and that whole sports illustrated thing. I mean, this is sort of the issue with including him in a trio with Tatum and Brown is that, you know, Tatum and Brown have sort of earned that superstar treatment and if you tell Smart he has two, and then you don't give it to him, he's going to be ticked. We'll continue to take uh,
2: Celtics calls. If you have concerns about uh, the defense after these last couple of losses and losing in overtime to uh, the Cavs last night, we'll take them. nine zero ninety eight five. Probably be.